Hello, this is Dr. Emmett Miller. If you're listening to my voice right now, you've probably lost your job. You think you're on the verge of losing your job, or you're someone who's trying to help someone else who's in one of those conditions. And if so, you're probably dealing with a swirl of emotions and issues. Emotions like anxiety and fear, frustration and anger, helplessness, hopelessness, and some very real and very bewildering challenges. What to do next? Try to recreate the past? Try something new? Reinvent yourself? The maze can seem endless. Well, today you're going to learn where these feelings come from. And I'll give you a hint, it's not from out there. And I'm going to introduce you to a simple way to set yourself free from that discomfort and experience the first step in transforming your life and bouncing back from job loss. Now, loss is something we all have to deal with many times in our lives. And loss is one of the most difficult things for human beings to deal with, especially in our culture, where we are taught how to win, we're taught how to get. But seldom are we taught how to deal with loss, how to let go. And losing a job is one of the most significant and painful kinds of losses we will ever have to deal with. The emotions and confusions, the feelings of helplessness and paralysis, they're all the result of what's called the stress reaction. The stress reaction takes place in an ancient part of your brain called the limbic system, or the paleomammalian cortex. I sometimes refer to it as your monkey brain because it has about the same level of intelligence as the brain of a monkey. The part of your mind that dwells in this part of your brain is not under your conscious control, so you cannot simply tell yourself to stop feeling tense or to stop worrying about how you will pay your rent next month. This part of your brain evolved a half million years ago when the problems or stressors in our lives were physical threats that we needed to respond to in seconds or we would be killed or severely injured. These kinds of threats required immediate physical responses, fight-or-flight responses involving lots of adrenaline, fear or anger, instant decision-making, a rapid heartbeat, and a shifting of blood flow away from the organs of digestion and healing and into the large muscles of the body and other such emergency functions. Basically, during a stress reaction, your body starts dissolving its internal organs to turn them into glucose for a vigorous minute or two of all-out physical response after which you're safe back in your cave again, and you can go into the second phase of the stress response, the relaxation and recovery phase. Now, losing your job is certainly a threat, but a very different kind of threat. There's no sudden physical response that's necessary. You can't run away. And you can't punch your boss in the nose. Well, you could and you might want to, but that would only make matters worse. Still, 
your monkey mind, interpreting your job loss as an attacking saber-toothed tiger, automatically goes into the stress mode. The result is all the upset and tension, the worry and insomnia, the irritation and depression that you're probably feeling. But there's no immediate threat of death, and there's no physical target you can attack. Instead, the threat is more vague, involving physical situations that won't occur for weeks or months into the future. So the stress reaction and the muscle tension continue unrelieved, with the anxiety, worry, tension, and destruction of the balance of your internal organs and your mental stability. And that, in turn, takes more and more of a toll on your mind and body. And as you're probably aware, this activity of the stress reaction is part of the etiology of most of our illnesses. In fact, it increases our susceptibility to infection and makes an infectious disease worse if we should catch one. There are two other things that the monkey mind, the unconscious part of your mind that lives in the paleomammalian limbic cortex, does that are very dangerous. As part of the fight-or-flight reaction, the monkey brain inhibits your cortical functioning. In other words, it blocks the functioning of the higher part of your brain, especially the prefrontal cortex, where your conscious mind, the analytic, creative, contemplative part of your mind lives. After all, if a saber-toothed tiger is attacking you, you don't want to be thinking about what a lovely shade of green his eyes are, or about what kinds of fence you might build to prevent any future attacks. No, you want to get the hell out of Dodge like now. In addition to blocking you from thinking rationally and creatively, with an eye towards maximum future success, your monkey mind pushes you towards the short-term relief of denial, bad habits, and addictions. This is because your brain is not designed to be in a stressed state for more than occasional minutes. The result is that the monkey mind feels more and more pressured to seek relief of this very unstable internal condition. It therefore begins to look for behaviors that have produced relaxation and relief of tension in the past. It then sends chemical message into your neocortex and you begin to think, Hmm, I feel like I'd like to have a drink of whiskey, or maybe three or four. Or it might begin to seem like a good idea to smoke a cigarette, or a bong, or to kick the dog, or your wife, or to be unfaithful with an old boyfriend, or go shopping, or snort coke, swallow opioids, eat jelly donuts, stop exercising, retreat to a corner and ignore your family or any of a huge list of behaviors that might give a few moments of relief, which is all the monkey mind can conceive of. But the long-term results might be disastrous, creating even more problems to add to the ones you already have. So the bottom line is that this stress reaction not only accomplishes nothing, it feels awful and it triggers maladaptive escape behaviors. 
Moreover, it depletes the immune system and blocks you from solving the major problem you have by preventing you from using your higher cortical functions like careful evaluation, rational reasoning, and creativity. Well, so much for the gloom and doom part of my talk today. Now, the good news is that today you're going to begin to learn how and why your brain and mind react this way, and you will learn to use some powerful mind tools for quieting this stress reaction and harnessing its energy. You will notice a diminution of your feelings of frustration, fear, and discouragement. Then, as you listen on a daily basis, you will gradually develop your mental muscles and eliminate those stress-induced reactions entirely. Simultaneously, as you develop a positive mental attitude, you will apply it to create the future you really want for yourself. Finally, you will learn some specific ways to organize your life and your job search so that you will be maximally efficient and effective. As I mentioned a moment ago, not only will you learn things to cultivate your conscious mind, your intellectual understanding, there's also going to be some experiential learning, and that's the part that will train your monkey mind. And so that's a very important part of this program. Now, most of us are well aware that we have minds and thoughts, but most of us don't realize that we have two minds. One is the conscious mind that we're aware of when we're doing things like analyzing how to parallel park our car into a tight space, or how to compose an important letter, or whether or not we can afford to buy a new refrigerator or make it to the next gas station without running out of petrol. As I mentioned before, the conscious mind operates primarily through the use of the neocortex and is guided by the prefrontal cortex, the so-called brain's brain. You will learn more about this all-important prefrontal cortex soon. Your other mind operates outside of your consciousness and is called the subconscious or unconscious mind, what I call your monkey mind. This part of your brain is responsible for automatic functions that it has learned. For example, it interprets the meanings of the vocal noises you are hearing at this moment. It remembers the exact sequence of moves as you slow down and stop at a red light or sign your name. And it carefully balances your full wine glass as you stand chatting at a party. It is also the mind that reacts with fear while you're watching a movie, even though you know full well at the conscious level that you are sitting quite safely in your living room eating popcorn. Now, all the feelings that you're having, feelings of fear, anger, or despair, for instance, are the result of chemicals and neural impulses that are triggered in this part of your brain. I know, and you know, that you don't consciously choose to feel such feelings as anger, or sadness, or resentment, guilt, or fear. They are produced by the activity of your monkey mind. 
you probably feel like you don't have any control over these feelings. But this is simply because you've never been shown how to intentionally change how you feel emotionally. Well, I'm going to teach you how right now. First, let's do a body scan. Begin by letting your awareness travel through your body. Notice the general feelings in your body. Notice where you feel tense. Notice where you feel tight. Notice where you feel warm or cool. And notice what your mind is busy doing. And notice how you feel emotionally. What kind of mood are you in? Now, find a comfortable position in which to sit or lie down for the next few minutes in a place where you won't be disturbed. And as you let your body sink deeply into the comfortable surface beneath you, let your eyes find a spot on the wall or the ceiling opposite you. And keep your eyes focused on that point. They may try to wander off to something else in the room, but don't let them. By doing this, you are informing your monkey mind that you are going to take charge for a while. And as you notice the rising and falling of your chest with each breath in and out, letting the air do the breathing for you. You notice you begin to slip into a kind of daydreaming state in which your eyes are open, but that point in the distance slips out of your mental focus. And perhaps you notice your eyes beginning to give you signals they want to close. Your eyelids begin to blink your eyes may water or feel kind of dry. And when it feels more comfortable to let your eyelids fall closed and feel the moist warmth behind your closed eyelids, close your eyes. And as you do, let your eyes whirl gently upward behind your closed eyelids and imagine you can see the word relax as if it's written there in glowing letters. Or imagine any image that you associate with relaxation and comfort. Or simply allow your eyes to relax as they gaze effortlessly into the darkness on the back of your forehead and relax your eyelids, more and more relaxed, so relaxed they just don't want to budge at all. Like when it's morning and you're so sleepy, your eyes just won't stay open. And when you feel your eyelids so heavy that if you try to open them, they resist being opened. Testing them now, so gently, you can feel their heaviness. 
and as you test them, let that relaxation from your eyelids flow throughout all the rest of your body, like ripples of relaxation flowing outward from your eyelids, like ripples of relaxation flowing outward from a small pebble thrown into the quiet, glassy surface of a still mountain pond. And as you test your eyelids again, you find they're even more relaxed and feel that relaxation flow out into your forehead and your scalp, ripples of relaxation flowing from your eyelids through all the muscles of your face, down through your neck into your shoulders, becoming more relaxed. Relaxation flowing through your shoulders and down through your arms, your elbows, through your wrists and your hands, down through your fingers. And as that relaxation reaches the tips of your fingers, feel the tingle in your fingertips or the feelings of warmth or heaviness in your fingers. A good sign that relaxation has reached your fingertips. Now take a deep breath in and breathe that relaxation from your fingertips up through your arms into the center of your chest. And as you let that breath out, let it be a feeling of letting go completely. And just let the air do the breathing for you. Just as it does each night as you sleep. Each breath relaxing you more and more relaxed with each breath. Good. And with each rising and falling of your chest and abdomen with each breath, feel it as a gentle massage of relaxation to all your internal organs, relaxing your back relaxing your pelvis, relaxing your thighs, relaxation flowing down through your knees and legs and ankles and feet, all the way down to the very tips of your toes, more and more relaxed with each breath, more calm, more comfortable. Very good. Now in a moment, I'm going to count from one to three. And as I do, feel yourself returning to a more wide awake awareness of your physical surroundings. One, just as if you've been asleep for a while, and are now gradually waking up. Two, breathing a little more deeply, feeling a calm energy inside, letting your arms and legs stretch as you take a deep breath in, and as you let it go. Three, feel your eyelids opening to let in the light and color and thinking to yourself, wide awake,
and take a moment and notice how comfortable you feel. Good. And as you allow your awareness to travel through your body, noticing how much you would like to continue to simply relax and be at peace. Now what just happened? I merely said a few words, painted a few images, encouraged you to use your imagination, and suggested that you allow yourself to simply be at peace. The relaxation you found is the first step. For some it was a dramatic change, for others just a mild step in the direction of deep relaxation. But this was just a brief introduction. Listen to it and follow along at least twice a day, and you will discover you will relax ever more deeply. Soon you will learn to focus this relaxation to release the past and guide yourself into a rewarding and successful future.